Hello. Hello. Yes. Awesome. Fine. Hey guys, everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, so I just want to say welcome. Um, I'm Sara. You probably know me. And today we've got Vincenzo with us. Um, he's actually one of my uh, all-time friends from Bristol. Uh, but our relationship sort of started with him being one of my clients. And I do believe that Vincenzo has a really cool story and a really interesting background. So I just asked for him to be here today to just share a little bit about himself and um, hopefully give us some insight in, you know, how how life can present us with massive, huge challenges. But actually, all we need to overcome these challenges is within us. We just need to believe in that so welcome Vincenzo thank you again for being here no how, how's, how's it going today it's good it was a good day yeah nothing special how was yours yeah it was good actually yeah the weather here in Italy is is it was a bit mixed it was like gray skies and then a lot of a lot of sun and then two rainbows which is always very Pleasant to see. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself maybe and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Vincenzo. I'm uh, 25 years old. And as Sara said, we met in Bristol initially because we started a relationship as clients and personal trainer. And then she became one of uh, my closest friends. And we are still in touch uh, beside our uh, professional relations, so to say. And um, yeah, uh, I'm originally Italian, but I moved to Bristol in 2015 uh, because I was seeking to expand the horizons of my mind, you know, seeking for a, a different opportunity for my life. And uh, I stayed there nearly five years and then I moved to the Netherlands to study. And now is, this is my, my second year in the Netherlands. So let me get this straight. So... You got in touch with me when you were in England, in Bristol, um, but you're originally from Italy, right? From yes, Naples. Yes, the Naples. south. Where about in, in 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 Naples? Is it central Naples or is it somewhere uh, somewhere around there? No, basically it's a small village uh, next to Naples. Uh, I mean, uh, roughly forty-five minutes from Naples, so just a little village on the coast. Okay, so it's the mentality sort of coming from a village compared to the mentality of a metropolis, you know, like maybe Rome or Naples or Milan. It is quite different. So I'm guessing, you know, also the, the you know, the, the challenges that you had to face were a little bit different when you moved to a city like Bristol. I'm definitely, guessing. definitely. Yes, yes. Because, I mean, uh, the mentality is uh, quite narrow as it is all over Italy but especially in a little village like that you know like people are closed in their little bubble and uh, you cannot fully express yourself you, you have to adjust and overcome but as a disclaimer I mean I would never uh, deny my roots I'm actually quite proud I come from there and and actually he, he made me the man I, I become today I mean it's because I come from there and everything but then you just got to keep in the ball. Yeah, sure. And when, well, ciao Vincenzo and um, Gianluigi. Yeah, so I'm mixing everything up. So what you said, um, you said that once you moved to Bristol, you, you got in touch with me too. Uh, to, and that's where we started our, our relationship. What, what, what happened that made you decide, oh, 
I need to get in touch with somebody that knows a little bit about the body and the mind. Yeah, so basically the journey, as you said, started from the beginning before, because before Bristol, I was actually in London for like six months and I had a shock, you know, because in my uh, community I was quite well known and I had my comfort zone and uh, it was not only the cul cultural shock, but also the fact that I had to face myself as a person and not as a the, as the image that I constructed uh, myself within uh, in Italy, you know, because when you are in your own surrounding, in your own comfort zone, you sort mm -hmm. of tend to uh, construct an image of yourself. And then when you, when you get out of that, you have to face your limits and uh, your demons, so to say. So it was mm -hmm. more uh, the mental challenge that started when I moved to London. And then when I was in Bristol... Um, the physical part just came with it because I'm, I mean, um, I have a disability. So basically it's a cerebral palsy, which is a, a impediments to my mobility. And, uh, but for me, like I live my life with where there is a will, there is a way. And uh, the breaking point was getting in touch with you actually to, to test this limit and to test if this philo philosophy could be actually applied. And did you, when you came to Bristol, so, I mean, I was in Bristol before, I was in Bath, and then I moved to Bristol, and then I sort of came back to Italy, but um, one thing that Bristol actually um, made me realise is that there, there is countries out there that can actually be quite colourful and integrative of cultures, and yeah, okay, every city has its up and downs, but Bristol is one of these cities which really gave me that sort of energetic and dynamic vibe. And I was wondering whether that's the reason why you decided to stay in Bristol, because it made you feel like you were part of the community. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, London was a, a good starting ground, but mm. it was too big for me. I felt like a rat stuck in a cage, you know, rushing up and down all day long. It was too big and I felt out of place. And then when I found out about Bristol, I took basically a road trip and then I immediately fallen in love with the city. And like a couple of weeks after I, I moved and I stayed there for like four years and a half. Uh, I, Sorry, yeah. As you said, like it's so multicultural and it's a kind of a hippish city where everybody finds his own reality, you know, it's not judgmental at all. I mean, uh, was perfect fit for me. Yeah. And do you remember what's the first thing that you saw in Bristol that just made you go switch? Okay, I can I can live here. Do you remember it? You're talking about the parties. All <laughs> oh, right, okay, that's that's that that's the truth, isn't it? Okay, it was the parties. <laughs> no, actually, actually, it was because we can. <laughs> the, what did you say? I said we 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 could have fun back in the days. Yeah, back in the days. Sounds like a century ago now. Well, it feels like it. But anyway, let's not talk about that. Yeah. But no, it was it was actually the feeling that I had because I coming from a quite a small village and then I was raised basically upon the sea. And uh, I remember sitting in this square the first time I arrived to Bristol and there was the river and I don't know, I found it so peaceful. I just felt it within that that was the place for me at least for that time and that phase of my life you know because then as i said you just got to keep and evolve and once once you were in bristol 
you know, you made your own journey there. And then you got to a point that what, ha what happened? How, why are you in the Netherlands? What happened? How did you end up there? It basically was a transformation because as I said, like, uh, the first thing I wanted to do when I moved to, to the UK was to just expand the horizons of my mind, you know, experience a new culture. And I couldn't speak any English back then, so learning the language was actually a priority. But then when I found a job after like one year, uh, roughly, I found a secure job after one year because with my disability and the lack of the language, you know, it was quite difficult to find any job. Uh, but then actually after a while I was rewarded you know my effort was rewarded and that that struck me quite immediately because in Italy there isn't such a meritocratic system that uh, kind of helps you to to fulfill your ambitions uh, despite of your background or where you're coming from or anything else like that. That sounds quite a, a big limitation for anybody that wants to come to Italy and just live in Italy and potentially build a life here like this. It sounds like the society will make it quite hard for them uh, to adapt. But it, it sounds similar to what you, you've actually experienced um, as you came to England. I mean, if you, if you said it took you around a year, one year because of your disability to, to find a job. Yes, yes. I, I did things here and there, but nothing stable, you know, like uh, my first uh, stable job was for a company that then I worked for uh, the upcoming four years. And at the beginning, I started part time and then uh, moving up, you know, I, I moved uh, full time eventually. And I will always be grateful to that company because it gave me the opportunity to, they believed in myself, you know, and after a while that you get rejections and stuff like this, you are in a country that is not your own and the culture shock and all of that, you know, that was quite an important, an important boost for me. It wasn't just a job, it was a signal that I could actually break it through. Yeah, and that's, that's why it makes it so important, you know, I think, um, so you mentioned you know, you mentioned when you got in touch with me because you realized that, you know, you needed uh, something more. And you also mentioned about the struggles of finding a job because you're a disability. So please tell us more about, about this disability that you've mentioned. Uh, so basically, I mean, uh, it's, it's just uh, constrains my mobility. So basically, I walk like I'm drunk all the time, even when I'm not. And... Um, and yes, it's a little... I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Those rare times while I'm not drunk, no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, yes, it's, it's not just the, the... I mean, for me, it never uh, represented like a limitation in any way. It was actually a different perspective on, on life, you know. I, it was an opportunity for me to have a different outlook on life and not to be superficial not to sound full of myself of course but like uh, something like this really gives you a different look and but when i moved to to the uk i started to realize actually this is part of myself you know i cannot deny it to myself so i need to start embracing it even though i always consider myself like a, this kind of superhuman that like wouldn't give a fuck or ah can we swear or <laughs> Well, of course. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Can we swear? Yeah. Yeah. Unless Instagram is going to block us. But... 
but yes so when uh, that, that was actually what was mentioned before the facing myself to to the fullest you know also these sides that uh, i wouldn't necessarily consider if i would have stayed in italy in my comfort zone you know you don't face your demons when you are comfortable you know well so you you this is the second time you say um facing demons and I mean, in everyday language, when we think of a demon, we just imagine, you know, this horrible, uh, terrifying creature, you know. Um, but, you know, this, this demon that wants, because we're probably associated to horror movies, but actually, w w what exactly do you mean by facing your demons? Yeah, maybe demons is a, quite of a strong word. I mean, I didn't mean it that way. Uh, it was like more, more facing your, your fears, so to say. You know, we, we fear that... Uh, what we believe we are is not reflective of what we actually are or what society wants us to be. And we get lost in so many, uh, in so many ways, you know, in our minds. And that's what I actually advocate in my daily life. You know, the only limitation is the barrier of your mind. And uh, mm. I actually had to break them through in, uh, in order to rebuild the foundations of myself. You know, I... Well, Instead of barriers or demons, we could use masks. You know, the society, in a way, forces us in many, in so many contexts to to use those masks. Yeah, in, and, in and order... demons is just a word. You know, it's just, it's just people associate it as some meaning, but actually, it could it could mean anything. It's just it's just a word. You know, and we use it in the in the way that we feel best. It express best what what we mean. So um, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, yeah, but I, as I said, like, it doesn't have this strong meaning. I mean, I wasn't, like, facing my demons in a strong way. It's just, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Facing yourself, you know, like, okay, now you have to accept yourself, even though you don't like that my, sometimes you can be weak, because, as I said, I had always this idea in my mind that was this kind of superhuman and uh, nothing could uh, fucking stop me. And then when I started to realize... Actually, you are the one that is stopping yourself from being yourself because society is labeling you and uh, you had all these like uh, all these things going on. You know, I started to. So that was a self-improvement journey, if we want will... to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how, you know, this the fact that society puts these labels on us has such a such a strong impact on the way that we see ourselves you know i mean surely we live in a society and in a certain culture but ideally who we are and what we are should remain true to our own sense of being but it somehow gets infected by the society and that's crap <laughs> but in a way we, we let it we let it because yeah. i mean it's human nature uh, society has evolved but the dynamics are uh, still kind of primitive you know so there is the conception of the alpha male and this and that and and we feel in a way forced to to carry the weight of those beliefs and values that, that are, aren't actually ours but were imposed uh, by society on us you know the fact that you have to find a stable job you have to work you have to build a career by a certain age you have to get married or you have to have certain standards, this and that. I mean, this is just bullshit. I mean, 
just gets us lost from the real meaning of uh, who we are. And, and yeah, getting back to the training part, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just touched on something <laughs> really cool, but now we're moving away from it. Okay, I like because that. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we go on and on and on, and I think we, we get off track. To the training part, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that was all part of this self-realization that I had. And I said, okay, there are those limitations. Now, fuck it. Let me see how we can overcome it. And then I don't remember who, I think uh, a friend of mine, actually, Fabio, a dear friend of mine that we had in common, suggest your name and I, I called you really random. We had this chat and we immediately connected, even mm -hmm. though we had uh, our differences here and there. <laughs> That's what makes us stronger. <laughs> um, but it's um, because, you know, you, you said your disability majorly um, affects your, your movement, you know, your coordination and your neuromuscular connection. So in terms of the, the, the journey that we went on to, how, how do you feel that training actually helps you? You know, we did a lot of strength training. We did a lot of boxing. And actually, for who doesn't know, I mean, and I'd just like to repeat this, it's been, it's been studied in the past few years that actually strength training helps so much for individuals that have cerebral palsy. Um, and we have the proof here with us. Um, you know, when me and Vincenzo actually started training together, um, his ability to walk was quite impaired. And, you know, he, he, he kind of had a lot of difficulties going up and down the stairs and just moving in a very balanced way. But actually, and I don't just say this because, you know, I want to feel good, but um, it's just a reminder of how important it is to get in tune with the body and make it work with full potential. Because once we... I had to unfortunately stop at training sessions because uh, we both took separate ways. His improvements were huge. And I'm sure that you, Vincenzo, are now carrying the benefits, you know, of, of all the work that we've done. You know, even the boxing. I remember how much the boxing would, would help you just, um, like, move away from, from, uh, from objects or just work on your... You know, it's the um, coordination because it's yeah. like you, it's not only the physical part, but more important, the, the mental part. I mean, you rebuild that neural connections that you don't necessarily have. And so you learn how to get, to get from like A to C without passing through B, but going around and, uh, you know, going through D basically. You know, it's like building different neural connections through the movement, through the training, and also the consistency. And uh, the serotonin, I mean, I found uh, multiple benefits and I would advise everybody to, to, to start training. You know, it doesn't matter what your condition is. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I sound a bit hypocrite because now gyms are closed and, and shit like that. And I felt a bit off track myself. But in reality, I do know the benefits. I do acknowledge them and uh, I do plan to get back on training. <laughs> So you, you feel that training has massively improved your... Definitely. I mean, we did things, uh, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, mm. Let's not bullshit it through. Uh, people were looking at us like those two are crazy. I mean, and you were crazy enough to, to, to go along with my craziness and believe it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And every challenge that was presented, I mean, yeah. you never turned it down. You were actually pushing it through. And... 
we have to say I'm quite a demanding person for myself, you know, and uh, and so it was difficult for you to to work with me because sometimes my reality didn't meet my expectations and uh, the frustration was kicking in and sometimes we were taking it on each other. But I mean, we were like. Uh, cat and dogs but more like sister and brother you know like okay after the session everything is gone and there is no hard feelings or anything yeah i remember the people watching us train in the gym and just you know like talking to each other you know these two people are crazy you know we would just you know uh jab cross down and then you get hit and i'm like go go and it was it was quite like full-on italian uh training session wasn't it yeah, it was an amazing time because we passed from a very basic training in order to get the hang of it. I mean, to uh, boxing and uh, mobility training uh, circuits. And uh, I mean, for me, the craziest thing that we ever did together was the the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Uh, nobody ever believed that we could do that and when you introduced to me like okay there's this group of disabled people uh, you know like they do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I said okay I'll jump on it and then when uh, when we went along I mean uh, I see all disabled people very disabled uh, very impaired way worse than me and I was like where the fuck did you bring me in <laughs> like I cannot lay a finger on these guys <laughs> and then you see them on the mattress and they are like fucking powerful as hell you know like yeah I, I remember they they were so skilled and they just I don't know it was like once they were on the mat yeah they were completely different persons I mean that mm. was that was a kickoff for me like to think okay so it's not totally me that thinks that limitation is in your mind but this is the actual proof and uh, you know you just got to push yourself it doesn't matter what do you remember when uh, when I took you to the first jiu-jitsu class? Do you remember roughly what, what sort of feelings you had? You were like, what do you mean? My feet or my head, my arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the coordination of it all was a bit, uh, a bit strange, you know, at the beginning to get the hang of it was strange. And also the people that were trained alongside, they were uh, much more experienced. But then uh, it gave me so much uh, strength mentally and physically, you know, that uh, I kind of developed that will to go every weekly. And then um, uh, that little community was actually inspirational. Gina, the, the girl that, uh, that organizes it, uh, she's the most, one of the most inspirational people I ever met in my life. Yeah, she truly is. She truly is. It's just what the, the type of, uh, organization that they've managed to set up you know it's like disabled people just kicking their butts you know like fighting and but not fighting in a in a um, in a way which you know they're absent-mindedly fighting they're actually learning all the different techniques and all the different like aspects of of the type of martial arts and because for example for your type of disability you know cerebral palsy um a lot of the time is about lengthening the muscles and just working with mobility and flexibility and um actually jiu-jitsu does that you know it just puts you into positions in which they're not very comfortable sometimes but they allow your body to stretch fully and get the benefit out of it so um yeah i'm 
that was that's definitely something that you know you could look into in the Netherlands as well maybe if they're lucky enough to have such group I mean right now we are just facing home arrest with no charges <laughs> so forget <laughs> and, you know, earlier you said um so we've talked about how um how you know working with your body and in getting in touch with your uh with your sense of self with your movements as well has helped you progressively to make that transition into right i want to change the way i live my life now and not allow society just to define me for who i am but i'm the one who's going to decide who i am but, but um, it wasn't about society for me because society is just if i have to analyze it i know that rationally speaking society yes puts a label on you but since day one i always ripped off any kind of label it was actually myself you know like uh, mm -hmm. constrain me in certain habits for example if i think about it when i started with you why did i make that call because i not only because i wanted to um, push it through my limits but even because like okay i was in a really um not dark moment but in a moment where i was uh, smoking like 20 cigarettes a day and you know drinking during the week and so i was really uh leaving the rat race that society wanted me to leave you know really stressed monday to friday and then during the weekend you know you release it through alcohol and stuff like this and i said okay let, let me replace these habits and uh, let me take back control of my life and see where i go with it and you know that is that is not easy to do <laughs> that is not an easy thing to do it's so much easier to just say fuck it i'm going to go smoke however many cigarettes that my lungs can take and i'm going to drink bottles and bottles of wine you know and just shut everything down no no i quitted with wine in my life <laughs> <laughs> okay, beers, vodka, what is it? <laughs> Name um, it. I'm only no. joking about that. Yeah, that, that was really a starting point because then together, I remember the mindfulness came quite natural and uh, you also introduced me to the meditation that I still practice on a daily basis, you know, and that was a, really a transformation. It wasn't just training sessions. It was uh, turning your life upside down, you know. That's 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 great to hear. It makes makes me feel warm in, in the inside, and that's actually the other thing I was gonna I was gonna slowly get into because um, we talked about the movement side of stuff. But actually, you know, from the way you're talking, it just sounds to me that there is there is and something more, you know, that we hadn't mentioned before that you had just talked about now, which is the mindfulness or just the meditation or you know any any type of practice which allows us to talk to ourselves but like one-to-one -one. hey this is me you know it's just me and you exactly, um, exactly. face the demons you know it allows us to put things into actions and face the demons that we were talking about earlier and um so so i want to ask you about meditation because i mean it's widely spread everybody talks about it everybody's a yogi nowadays which is great but um there's just loads of types of meditations and i don't necessarily want to go into the i mean me personally i won't go into details either because i'm not here to sell I mean, <laughs> yeah but, sure um, um but i just want to ask you how how so you said you i introduced you to meditation but how has it changed you 
um, so let's say that he kind of closed the circle because I remember uh, we were having after sessions, uh, now I'm going through memory lane, uh, we were having after yeah. sessions these deep conversations and I mean, uh, you said, okay, we are both facing this and that like a roller coaster. You should join me. I do these. I do these kind of meditations. There is a group. You should join me. And I was quite, quite, I mean, uh, reluctant. You know, I, I was like, no, I don't know about that and blah, blah, blah. And then ever since I embraced it in my daily life, but it's not like a religion where you have to, you have certain dogmas and you got to do it like this or like that. It's just a moment to reconnect with myself, you know, a moment that I take to shut down the world and uh, actually refine the inner balance that helps me through the day. And I think that it's about that balance, isn't it? Because, I mean, earlier we were saying, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol as if, I sort of don't want to send the wrong message out there because I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, just having a balanced life and you know occasionally yeah, no, me neither. you don't have to turn into a saint you know but when when we realize that they're sort of substituting and they're taking part for something else then you know we're just using them as a coping mechanism then that's when you know we, we might want to question ourselves on what we're doing but um like personally exactly. i you said the right yeah. thing there because i this is what i was doing i was in a distressed moment i was facing demons, challenges, call it whatever, uh, in my life to the point where I needed some um, coping mechanism, a relief. And uh, at that time, it was like, okay, I smoke 20 cigarettes a day and I drink during the weekend and that was my, my way out. But then I, I discovered, okay, there is also something else that is constructive to myself. And as I said, now it's not like I don't smoke anymore, but I still drink and I enjoy a drink here and there, you know, like uh, I didn't yeah. turn into a saint. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the mindset that we have behind the action, you know, it's, uh, it's because even even exercise can become a coping mechanism sometimes, you know, for if we do it to just not feel something else, so we just do it to an extent which then we detriment, we um, we hurt ourselves and then we keep going, for example, uh, then that can become an issue as well. So it's all about equilibrium. Uh, yeah, about every, every extreme can become an issue in any way. I mean, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. But there is also another concept that uh, reminds me, oh, now this conversation is shifting in so many ways. But yeah. we were talking about it uh, privately uh, not long ago, about how uh, sometimes we feel distressed in life and uh, this inner balance, this equilibrium that you mentioned is dif difficult to find because life takes you and you're just uh, in the middle of a hurricane. And actually we identified those three principles to find inner balance, equilibrium on a daily basis, like... Uh, spirit body and mind that you should never forget to to feed in a day and how 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 would you say you you go about with enriching your mind i mean me personally with the mind now i'm studying at university so i had a lot of mind That's I, I study a lot and i learn stuff on a daily basis 
with the spirit, me personally, I meditate, but somebody else can say, okay, I like droning, and you take that, that moment for yourself, and you do not forget that you have a creative part as well, or you like singing, and you just sing under the shower, who gives a fuck it? There is not a recipe for body, mind, and, you know, and spirit. And the body? Are you the training in pencil? Uh, no, actually, actually, yes, but I I lost my consistency since the the gyms had closed, and this is not an excuse for myself, but just a matter of honestly. I mean, I would be lying if I would say yes, I'm training really hard here and there, you know. Yeah, it's it's made things a lot a lot more difficult, but at the same time, you know, we can find we can find ways around it, can we? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> You know the now you said you're in the Netherlands. I think your your journey is a really interesting one, and in what's what I find really inspiring is how you've made of what other people or society might define like a limitation or a weakness your strength. You know because you've proven time and time again to just have this unlimited potential and that you want to communicate it to people and you want to share it with others and you know you want to just inspire also uh, other people that, that you talk to and just you're, you're you've always been so energetic and and funny and you know it's not easy to be humorous it's not easy to be funny so um i just yeah i just really wanted to to thank you for having been part of my life in the uk because you know you've definitely You've really inspired me, uh, 360 degrees. Despite, you know, I was the one to train you and I was the one to introduce you to the meditation, but relationships never work with just with one person. You know, like if it's a dual relationship, it's always two people and it's the mutual connection. There is sharing and there is uh, growing together. So Definitely, definitely. I mean, in any kind of relations, uh... It's like having two plants and uh, you got to water them both, you know, you cannot just grab the fruit from uh, one and transfer it to the other, you know, like, yeah. I think this is the circle of life in a way, you, you got yeah, to learn but... to, I mean, yeah. and the fact that you said uh, you're so inspirational and stuff, uh, but I think I, that doesn't make me special. Everybody has these unlimited potentials, it's just that with me, I mean, uh, people are struck by the fact that I have a disability and I still manage to do here, this, that, and the other. But I think everybody has this, not only the potential, but the, the duty to, to inspire and change his own reality to shape the world. I truly believe uh, that that's a duty that everybody has. Yeah, and, and one is inspirational in the moment that they they can, you know, show that they have made active change in their life and they haven't just sat with the issues and just never showed to have enough courage. I mean, everybody has enough courage, but not everybody can find a way to get in touch with, with themselves and, and believe that they have courage, you know, and... I think um, it's much easier to, to turn a blind eye on, on yourself and think, okay, this is the way I am and... Uh, ain't gonna change and this is the easy way out but then because we know that life is a journey it's a struggle it's, as you struggle through you uh, achieve you overcome obstacles I mean the way out it's uh, easy come easy goes as uh, someone said 
So uh, just to go back to your quote at the beginning, which uh, you said is where is the will, where there's, which will, there were, <laughs> where there is a will, there is a way, right? Always, always. Now, how do you apply that in your, in your everyday life? On a daily. <laughs> Even when I don't want to study and I have to just shut down my phone and do it, you know, I repeat myself, where there is a will, there is a way. Then maybe I drink a glass of wine here and there to find a way, but... <laughs> that is a great way. I, I mean, just, we're going to finish soon, but um, just briefly, because, you know, when I was telling you, you know, you've been a great inspiration to me. The, the fact is that... I don't know like I've met I've met many people on my on my journey and a lot of the time I found that some of these people had uh, ability to sense what the other was feeling or going through and and you're one of these people you could just pick up instantly uh whether you, you know whether I was okay or not even sometimes if you know even when I wasn't aware of myself you know, and I get really frustrated with you. I'd be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, leave me alone, I'm good. You know, it's just life, you know. But actually, it was by having that communication and that contact also with another person that can see you and can understand you that at times I felt, oh, okay, it's not just me <laughs> feeling fear. <laughs> There's also other people with their challenges and you know, putting ourselves in a, in a social circumstance where there's other people that are also facing their own demons is really enlightening sometimes. I think, I think that here we can get back to the concept of society. I mean, in a way, we are so taken by the external things uh, that sometimes we, we are superficial, even if we, we are not aware of that and we don't necessarily mean to be. Uh, while um, sometimes I, I like to to get in depth, you know, and also when I interact with the person, uh, I don't think it's a, it's a quality or a skill that I I have. It's just uh, it's a superpower. It's it's just my will to to go through, you know, and uh, just okay. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be, be stopped by your masks, but I'm actually interested to see who you really are and uh, what's really happening. Sometimes that, that made me really annoying towards you, but uh, it was mutual. <laughs> yeah, okay. I take it. I think also the, the, more, ch the more sort of uh, demons, the more challenges that one faces in their sort of development, in their early phases, the more they are in tune with emotions and others' emotions as well, and the more they can pick up on the way that others feel and when there's a change in, you know, uh, environment. So that could also be one of the, uh, one of the many ways. I just wanted to say, do, do you have anything else to, to say, or maybe we can ask if somebody has questions, if not, uh, just send you a big kiss. Do you have anything more to say? No, I think we, we said enough. I mean, um, yeah, it was a pleasure being here and I really like, the format please keep doing it keep uh, being yourself and uh, just yeah i was really pleased to be invited and i'm looking forward to see the other interviews yeah and um, thank you for being here i feel like there is a lot more that we could have talked about but 
I'm, you know, I'm wondering whether, you know, maybe we can reschedule another one and maybe, you know, talk about even deeper. I mean, I feel like we've we, we've talked a lot about deep yeah, stuff. Next time I will charge you for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you try, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, who knows? We'll do it again. Does any of you have questions? Qualcuno ha qualche domanda? Visto che siamo in, Ital- in Italia, siamo due italiani, Napoli, Roma, possiamo parlare italiano. Or we can talk in English if there's any questions, please. Um, we have a grande Vincenzo by Kelly. Hi, Hola, Kelly. Maria. Questions? This feels like a school, you know, when the teacher asks, oh, do you have any questions? And everybody's like, silent. Yeah, but what question would they have? I mean, uh, how do you manage to be so handsome? I, I mean, uh, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. Maybe you can tell me later. I'll uh, write you privately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Va bene, Vincenzo. Thank yeah, you Vincenzo. so much. And un bacione. Niente, ti voglio bene. Ma non so neanche come si chiude sta cosa. Oh, <ride> Bene. Ah, così.